Attention, Retronauts listeners. If you'd like to meet us in person, and of course you would, we'll be doing a panel at this year's Portland Retro Gaming Expo in beautiful Portland, Oregon. On Sunday, October 23rd, we'll be holding the Retronauts' 10th anniversary panel at 3 o'clock p.m. in Auditorium B. And, of course, you will need to be an attendee of the Portland Retro Gaming Expo to attend. But it doesn't stop there. Later that night, from 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock p.m., we'll be holding a private Retronauts event at Quarterworld, located at 4811 Southeast Hawthorne Boulevard in Portland. Attendance will be free, not counting Quarter World's cover charge, but to get in you must print out a ticket from the event's Eventbrite page and bring it along with you. To find the Eventbrite page, head on over to Retronauts.com or our Facebook page at Facebook.com Retronauts. It'll be pinned to the top until the day of the event. We hope to see you there, and remember, you must ask before touching us because we are very sensitive boys. Remember, that's Sunday, October 23rd in Portland. Be there or not be there. Hello, everybody. This is your pal, Bob Mackey, the host for this episode of Retronauts Micro, and I'm just here to give you a tiny intro to explain this episode. This episode is actually a two-parter, the second part of a two-parter, rather, and if you want to hear the first part, if you somehow missed it, that's Retronauts Micro episode 46. It's called the 8-Bit Superhero Sampler Part 1, and uh, funnily enough, this is the 8-Bit Superhero Sampler Part 2. Last time we talked about two pretty bad superhero games, and this time we're going to be talking about two games that are, uh, okay, so one isn't that great, but it's still very memorable, and the other one is actually a very good game. So this time around, we have, uh, once again, we have Chris Baker from Gazillion, formerly of Marvel, and of course, uh, Chris Antista of Laser Time, and Henry Gilbert of Fandom. And uh, we're going to just jump right into this conversation where we left off, and I uh, hope you enjoy the show. So we're going to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles next. It's a classic game that we all, I believe, uh, people of our generation all tolerated this game. It has its few bright spots. It was made in 1989 by Ultra Games, wink, wink, actually Konami, kind of sneaking in under that uh, only so many games a year policy that Nintendo had. I don't know how they did this. Nintendo had to know. But in any case, this game was developed sort of alongside the cartoon. In Chris's book, it was like uh, he, he clips out a Nintendo Power preview and it's like, oh, there's going to be a cartoon too with this game. Isn't that fun, kid? But the the cover of this game is the comic book cover, yep, one of yes. them, and they all have red bandanas, which is off model for the cartoon. That always like astounded and me for the game. game. Yes, exactly. Game. <laughs> but I think the the story goes that it, uh, I mean nothing had been approved, but the the box art was approved before the game was being made. Yeah, I can see that and happening. That totally happens in licensing cases like this. And and there's been some sort of like uh, suspicions that this was another game before I it was a so. turtles game, but nothing has been confirmed. Um, I mean. There are foot soldiers, there's Rocksteady and Bebop, there's Shredder, but a lot of enemies the are just like... The leg soldiers and clay people? Like and Jason, too. no purpose yeah. in, in Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, th- there's almost nothing aside from foot soldiers and Rocksteady and Bebop and Shredder. Yeah, that I has anything to do. Yeah, Mousers, mm-hmm. true. Uh, but it was, it was a painful game like, yeah. as a kid, but I loved the Turtles so much, I wanted to figure out how to beat it. I was like... I. 
I have to. I have. I can't give up on this. Yeah. All right, I got more pizza. I can make it. Like this is why to me the it wasn't a launch game, but it was close to it. The Game Boy Ninja Turtles game. I play that way more because it's a, that was beatable. It's a pretty easy game, but it's a yes. fun game too. Yeah. Uh, this game though, I don't want to. This this there should not be my get good comment, but I always assume like, oh yeah, the damn level. That's where everyone doesn't. That's where Man. everyone gives up. But I played it for one up when I was employed there and when it still existed on a live stream, and I was like, I actually finished the damn level. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, the damn level. You can memorize it, but level three is when everything gets thrown at you at once, and it's just like, what do I do now? Where do I go? I, I Things act- are running me over on the world map. I actually had my mind blown during awesome game done quick because the damn level obviously gave us all trouble yeah. it's important and you you a tur- you can play as any four turtles at any time but like they they have consistent health and if one of them loses all their health that turtle's just gone until you can find one of those rescue spots that's right and yeah so they're like, tied up and you got to fight a mini boss and i watched a guy in awesome games done quick he's like yeah i can do this in five seconds how just take damage <laughs> that's it like that and he just Hauls, he doesn't wait for the timing of the lasers. He just doesn't care about seaweed and just goes through it in like four seconds and it looks easy as hell. So the pro yeah. tip is don't be careful. Yeah, do not. But that's the thing. You're very careful because you don't want to lose a turtle yeah. for the rest of the game. And the hitboxes on the, on the seaweed Ugh. are really weird. Like it's never really clear. Like am I touching? Oh, I am touching it. I'm losing life. <laughs> I so, feel cr- like that's kind of the most infamous part of yeah. the game. Uh, it's when a shared like traumatic I memory it, I think we all have. Well, the, for me it's not though. I, I, it, I remember it being challenging, but I, the really hard part was near the end where you're in the Technodrome mm. and there's all these like spacemen guys with these guns that are, are shooting at you that take off a ton of health. Uh, and the only way I, I did beat the game several times, uh, and the way you do it is there's a place where the scroll weapon is, which is the it, most powerful oh, weapon yeah. in the game. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of grind, leaving the room, coming back, getting 20 of them, leaving the room, coming back, or however many it was, until you had 99 scrolls. And then <laughs> then you use that against the Technodrome and use it against the Space Guys. That's right. You literally fight the Technodrome. Yeah. The scale is way off. It is. It that is. That, yeah. That's actually what I should have pointed out in my book. Uh, it, you pointed out how the Superman goes up to the Statue of Liberty's knees almost yeah. in that little uh, picture of him, that little like intro. The Technodrome is about 12 feet high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in... But it was also unbalanced because thanks to them being correct with their uh, weapons yeah. because a sigh doesn't go as far as a bow staff. Yes. That's- Donatello, I love fighting bosses just standing on a platform above them and just plunging it downwards. He, see, that's the thing. I attribute Donatello being my favorite turtle to this game. Me too. Oh, yeah, and, same here. Even though I like Raph the best, he always had the worst Raph weapon. The is worst arguably reach. the coolest, but he's the one you least want to play as in this game, and it's all we had. Especially in this game because he just like spins a di- like a salad fork in his hand <laughs> yes. in front of him, and that's <laughs> it. Like, yeah. like, a, like a sad gunslinger. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. It's not even cool. Cool. At least it should look cool, even if it has poor reach. It, it has one of the worst uh, life low sounds. Oh, ever. that con- like, it's like almost the worst. Oh, yeah. It's excruciating. Worse than Zelda, I think. And I will say, Zelda like, I put on the overworld music to help motivate me. Oh yeah. It, it like it just it made, it puts a pep in your step. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. For as un- for as uneven as this game is, this would begin a, a legacy of great uh of, of of Turtles games, but they always had great music and the, the music in this yeah. game is fantastic. Um it's embedded in my brain for life. Not just the overworld theme, but like almost every mm-hmm. theme. Even even the uh monotonous underwater theme. I feel like this is the first example of Konami really working the into almost every song, yeah. you know, and trying to make it work. And I did like that a lot with uh, the song written by the creator of Big Bang Theory and and uh, Spirit Naked Ladies. Men. 
No, two and a half men. Uh, Chuck Lorre, he oh. wrote that song. As oh, yeah. was reminded by, if anybody else watched uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt season yeah. two, that's a joke in there that he's he wrote that song. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, yeah, I didn't did. see that. Uh, but the yeah. Also, speaking of songs, I like about this is that Dorkly, the the guys Dorkly, um, they did a video about this uh, game set to the original theme of just like. It was like Turtles for Nintendo, fucking awful. Donatello's cheap, Leonardo's pretty keen. Like, and uh, split Splitter's a radical rat. He sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's a great video. God. And it ends with, uh, what a bad game. Next one's better. And it just has a clip to the to TMNT arcade. I'm just thinking of the great music and the great cinematics. Like when you turn on the game and you just you just hear like the drum beat and then like the little twinkling sound and then and then it like the picture of the turtles pop up. Yeah, and it's really cool. Yeah. Um, trying to think what else. Like Chris, uh, this game has a kind of like non-canonical storyline. What are the turtles trying to do in this game? Uh yeah. As I recall, they are trying to uh, get a, a a gun that will. Turn them back to life. You know, I should have reread my own book here. <laughs> They're trying but to get a, a gun from Splinter that will turn Splinter yes, back into. Will turn I'm sorry, Splinter a gun from Shredder. A yeah, that will yeah, turn Splinter back into exactly, a human. Exactly, which has never happened, as far as I can tell. <laughs> no, in I mean, any I want, we hate, we resent who we are. <laughs> I've only watched <laughs> the cartoon, but I had the impression that it only, like, mutation only works one way. Mm-hmm. And Smithers, uh, not Smithers, Splinter. I'm, I'm a rat, sir. <laughs> You're welcome, Smithers sir. was a human. Oh my God, Splinter <laughs> was a human, and he's a rat now because he was in the puddle of whatever with the rat and i don't think it goes the other way i, I get confused about the origins all the time because it's different well, in the show the movie ones, the yeah. comic and yeah. the new michael bay movies and the new comic which is by the way really good it's great yeah um, i mean i think the cartoon origins is just from the cartoon mm, i think another yeah. another movie like the movie split up uh, splinter is just a rat we just recorded talking simpsons i'm sorry talk about black splinter i like it better when splinter is a rat that grew human size instead of a human turned into a rat because like, cause he was just like a dude in a cage uh, who was owned by an actual master. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's how he learns. Like, I, I prefer that. Oh, baby, t- that's the voice oh, of Elmo, by the way. I love pointing that out. It is really that is Elmo, Kevin Clash, and Baby from Dinosaurs. Yeah, gotta and love one him. cool thing about this, I noticed just by reading the book and looking at videos, is that Splinter, sorry, Shredder communicates through the TV just like Mama Fratelli does in Goonies Two, also made by Konami. So <laughs> there's there's a Konami through yeah, yes. line in which the villain communicates through a TV. They somehow pirate or that Macho Man does in Final Fight. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Oh, and, oh, right. That is Macho Man. Yeah. I think and, he does it in later games, too. As I recall, uh, yeah. I turn, uh, the Tournament Fighters game, he it's, does that as well. Like, it's a good way to establish a premise. The turtles are just watching TV, and then mm-hmm. and then Shredder comes on the screen. It's like, I've done this now. A uh, former coworker of mine, Hollander Cooper, he made the good observation that it kind of works like the second Legend of Zelda game as well too. In when you're in the when you're in the turtle van, and then in it's top down, and you're going around, and then you stop somewhere, and then get out, and then do a two D exploration. Mm. Yeah, it, it's a very in that way, it's similar to Adventure of Link. It postdates Zelda two by about two years, so I can see influence being yeah. there. Like, there's not a lot of RPG stuff. I guess pizza is like your uh, your hit points. Mm-hmm. I, I love the, uh, the the splinter. Um, the splinter advice to just he gives oh, advice yeah. and then says you can do it like after every <laughs> line of advice i think even, even april o'neill says that too uh my favorite thing i just learned about the game there are several really frustrating parts involving jumping yes um, there's one really infamous jump in yes, this game yeah. and when that was ported over to the pc they didn't finish it <laughs> so the pc version is absolutely unfinishable you cannot wow. get past that 
horrible jump because the dimensions are different and they didn't bother no one played it before they released it <laughs> yes I mean that was the, it's kind a, of common for like like uh, PC ports of NES games mm-hmm. were just the worst unplayable messes uh, like no one cared they just wanted to bank on the name and everything All like dirty that dirty Americans <laughs> the US the, gold the Mega Man ports are especially <laughs> yeah. bad um, and I, I did want to mention that none of these games we're going to be talking about I believe have been on virtual console but this one was briefly you had to pay one dollar more really? like six instead of five oh, yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. it was taken down when everything else Ninja Turtles was taken down along with the reshelled uh, game and I think even the arcade game was taken down from Xbox Live so uh, there was a point was. where I guess rights transferred or a yeah. deal expired and these Perhaps games Konami Ubisoft had a, a deal with Konami they did yeah. Yeah. That, I, yeah. I think I can only speculate that was a marketing move for the new Ninja Turtles movie in 2007 so, right? yeah, I, yeah. I, we actually streamed it recently because like I, I have to hold on to that TMNT arcade perfect port on my 360, right. but it's Konami and Ubisoft, but I don't imagine Konami did anything in making that port happen. Ubisoft paid for it to happen. Right. I, uh, I could see Konami... Konami's been going through a lot of stuff lately. I it happened s- with their Simpsons game? Yeah. and I could see them just saying, like, eh, it's too much hassle. Stop mm. listing it. Like, but there will be a Turtles NES pachinko machine at mm. some points. Mm. We can all play if we go to Japan. So, yes, um, this game was available for one point, uh, but not anymore. on to our next game which is uh, I think the best game on this list but also probably the most inaccurate game and that is Batman uh, 1990 Sunsoft. Sunsoft was kind of an uneven developer. They always had really yeah. good music but I think this is one of their best NES games for their short life on this planet. Uh Chris, uh, I'll let you lead with this. What is wrong with Batman for yeah. the NES? And some of the things that are wrong are things that I like. But oh, I want to hear oh, what you... I'm yeah. not saying I dislike oh, no, no, any I, of this stuff I'm going to no, mention. Should, right. Your book uh, is wonderfully, like, perfectly nitpicky. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, okay, so I want to start by saying I like Purple Batman. Okay. So sue me, but please continue. Well, I like Purple Batman uh, purely as a nostalgia level. And back then, it, I, I, it was like he's just purple. Just like I, I love, don't care. I love neon blue Jason from Friday the 13th. Yes. I want to buy the 13th, all those NECA figures. Exactly. They're really good. Yeah. They are both NECA figures. I, I do own the Purple Batman. I almost called the book Purple Batman. But <laughs> I didn't really want to get in any trademark issues or anything. But I think that was a very clever game design move. Like, we want every level to take place at night, but we can't have a black character against a black yeah. background. So how do we fix this? So that, yeah. I think that was their solution. We have 50 colors. Let's yes. see what we can do. Well, there is a, a mod that has <gasps> a black Batman that still work. It, it works. You can play as it. But at the same time, like, why not just make him blue and and gray like he was in the comics at the time? That's true, yeah. Uh, but, but that Burton movie ruined the look of Batman for a long time. Well, yeah, I mean, he's never really been blue and gray since. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I mean, this is ostensibly based on the Burton movie. But, I mean, Joker is the last yeah. thing you fight. But not, I mean, like, this has nothing to do with the movie, correct? Oh, it has a lot to do with it. Oh, really? I, I mean, okay. the, it is a movie game. Because mm-hmm. I know Batman Returns, like, kind of follows the movie beat by beat in its own way. But this movie seemed kind of unrelated. I mean, can you explain how it's based well, on the movie? Well, the, the action is yes. very much unrelated. But uh, uh, the box art is very he, Tim Burton-y. Does he fight, like, a different Batman comic boss in every level? Like Technically. In, in their own way. Please explain this. I want to know, like, yes. where these guys come uh, from. Well... In a way, every character you punch in the entire game is a Batman character. 
But uh, very, 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 very loosely interpreted (laughs) as such. Yeah, because at this point in the Burton universe, there's Batman, the Joker, and of course Jack, everyone's favorite uh, Batman character. I love Jack. Jack is the best. (laughs) What about Bob? Bob. Sorry, that's what I was thinking. Okay, Bob. But you do you do fight the Joker at the end of the game. Mm. Uh, That is the only time when he's not green. Mm. (laughs) He has like a green tint to his face throughout the entire game. Uh, but when you do get there, he's like eight feet tall and can summon lightning. He's like Dracula. Yes. <laughs> Arkham didn't do it first. <laughs> he was a, more of a Todd McFarlane creation in Arkham when you find yeah, exactly. him. He's roided out. But then there are, there are boss characters like Firebug, uh, Killer Moth, uh, a couple other ones. But they're nothing like they are in the comics. Yeah, your mm-hmm. book shows their uh, sprite next to their actual comic portrayal, and it's right. like, well, I guess this is very loosely. <laughs> Not adapted. only that, there's also uh, like concept art that they put in the in- the manual that uh, also looks absolutely nothing like wow. the, the source material. Uh, Electrocutioner is one. If you played Batman Origins, you remember he was kind uh, of a, the Joker. Character. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah before. Right when Arkham Origins was coming out, a coworker of mine, you know, had the early review copy of it, and he asked me like, "What is the deal with the Electrocutioner?" I was like, "Oh, he's pretty much like a D-level Batman villain. I'm shocked they give him such a high level of a, uh, of importance in the game and all this pro- promotional stuff." And then my friend just said like, "No, I already I beat him in one second. He's a joke in the game too." I was like, "Oh, okay, great, great, because <laughs> that is the Electrocutioner. Like, he is a total joke." So in this game, I mean, Batman punches, but all of his special weapons are sorts of uh, like guns and special weapons like that. Is that correct? He does have a gun. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I mean, quite a lot. Uh, unlike the Game Boy game, however, you can technically play through the game without firing a gun. If that's you're right. Really good. So, but he does kill people in the Burton movies. That's correct, right? Yes, I mean, he throws people on the buildings, and uh, I mean, he explodes them in sewers with their own weapons, but never, yes. he never just shoots. They refuse in the face. to tell their friends about it. <laughs> He's got like a, a gun in this game that uh, like spreads, kind of like the contra gun a little bit. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I guess we can talk about this too. We'll go back to Batman at 1990, but Return of the Joker is basically like just like a platformer slash shoot 'em up, where you're always totally. shooting in yeah. front of you with yeah. the most gorgeous, huge Batman spread it's, I've ever seen. It's one of the best looking yeah. NES games. Series. I don't know how Sunsoft did that on the NES. It's it's just fantastic. It looks great. It sounds great. I both love and hate the cover to that game. Is it just like the long Joker face? Yeah. yeah, it is a comic panel of the Joker. Who, with which his, artist like, is that, Henry? Lantern. Well, it's definitely taken... It's Jim Aparo's style, or Aporo. It's his style because he had one of the most lantern-jawed jokers of all time. Like <laughs> it, it, it became to the point of, like, you have a disability. Yeah. Like you're, he's like the Rocky Dennis character. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's basically Rocky Dennis. But that, Jim Aparo did that. He was, he was the Batman artist of the late 80s. So I think it at least took... Uh, inspiration from that, if not the if if not the direct art, but but it was like it's a Batman game. The Batman's not even on the cover of. Like mm. you want to sell kids Batman, but you just have the Joker's head. I like, agree with you, but that cover is so eye catching from a is. shelf. Just like the it Joker is. like blasting out at you, like leering was, at you. It was after like Nintendo had, had like let go of certain box art restrictions, so it's just like a stark yellow. With like a, not a lot of Nintendo notation other than the seal, yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I remember that cover better than I remember the original Batman one that I played way more. It's, it's just like the Batman logo, and then in like a, yeah. in a crappy font says the official video it's, game. It's the movie Batman logo, which yeah. If, 
you were alive in 1989 was on my shoe. Everything it huge, like it. I was counting the days for this game and it yeah. kept getting delayed. You know, it really? was an 89 movie. It came out in 1990. That's right. Was the logo redesigned for this movie? Because the logo itself was like merchandise. Like I just had a Batman yeah. logo t-shirt. I didn't know what Batman was. That's cool. That logo is neat. I think there was some slight touches. Yeah. To that were I think there had been yellow in the Batman logo before, but not for a while. Uh, well, actually, the, the, <laughs> so... The situation with the Batman logo was that originally Batman had no yellow oval around it, mm-hmm. and it was just the bat symbol on it. And if you know about the differences between Silver Age and Golden Age DC Comics, in most cases, if they weren't Superman or Batman, they were replaced with a different model, like if it was a new Green Lantern, a new mm-hmm. Flash, mm-hmm. A, a new Hawkman, all these types of guys. But if they were... Uh, but if they were Batman or Superman, there was no clear demarcation point of when it was Silver Age mm-hmm. Superman or when it was Golden Age Superman. But with Batman, when uh, Julie Schwartz took over as the editor-in-chief of the, of the Batman books, he gave him a yellow oval around his chest to say, these are the issues that are now Silver Age Batman. Mm-hmm. Once he has that oval on his chest and we change the design. And I, the old wives' tale was that they put this uh, oval around it because it was easier to trademark. Apparently, that mm. that's the that's the old wives' tale. But okay, they changed it around. I, they there were always like slight updates to it. There's this great video you'll see somebody share on Facebook every once in a while. It just shows you how the Batman logo has uh, you know subtly changed mm-hmm. over the years, and and uh, that's one of those ones where the the oval logo of Tim Burton's Batman was a very specific one. It's my favorite. So one thing I did want to mention is this spawned a Nintendo Power cover, which is one of the only video games magazines I can think of that had Jack Nicholson Nicholson. on the cover. And I have to do, I have to go back and do research. I'll write about this when I post the episode. But in Nintendo Power issue 50, they did a lot of confessional stuff like, oh, that Total Recall thing. Arnold Schwarzenegger appeared for like a minute to meet meet the guest winner. And that was it. But they wrote about how there was some issue with this cover. Either Jack Nicholson thought they made him look fat or they didn't get the right Mm. likeness rights or something. There was some sort of legal issue with using Jack Nicholson on the cover. But they printed it and it's one of the more memorable Nintendo Power covers. I mean, we have the red, we have the white Ryu Hayabusa with blue eyes, you know, the white guy in the ninja <laughs> costume. But this one was like Jack Nicholson, like laughing and like Batman in the background. It was really, really catching. Well, if I think. you remember the, the, or it's not an urban legend. It was uh, he, Jack Nicholson was a very powerful star and agreed to do that with a sizable back end deal. Probably the only one of its type. Yes, but I think a lot of it was because they put him in excruciating pain to wear like the Joker prosthetics. Like, no, it was, he was, it was too, a painful he role. Was too too good for that movie mm. at the time, yeah. for real. Like he I mean, really Batman was. was considered like a, a joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bat, there, nothing was expected of this film. It was one man's dream. And I forget that guy, but he's produced every Batman movie up and mm. up into including Batman versus Superman. Um, but he, but that he was given Jack Nicholson was convinced, cajoled into doing this with a really, really. Ma- I think someone said he made upwards of a hundred million dollars. Well, because on the he role, was, he was given points on. Yeah, it, he was given he was given points in the movie and every piece of merchandise. So if you put him on something, he's a owed money. B has some approval. So if you bought the Batman video game, Jack Nicholson got a dollar. Yeah, because it's not the Michael. It's not necessarily the Michael Keaton Batman on the cover, but that's very Jack Nicholson. Oh yeah, and, like I don't know if Michael Keaton's likeness is in this game, but I know Jack Nicholson's is. Do you remember that at all, Chris? If Michael Michael There's Keaton is in cut the game. scenes yeah. of Batman, so you know, is yeah, that, you just, can get away with calling that not that, a likeness. He's kind of got the Keaton dimple on his chin, yeah. Though. I, and and the game ends with him punching Joker off of the roof of the clock tower and killing. Yes, like it's very clear he kills him. It's not the it's not the very like safe and tidy. Oh, he fell. Batman didn't murder anyone. Type <laughs> yeah. ending. Like, it's like but in, you're in, a Joker. In, I'm gonna kill you. That's and, and that was now that, you're dead. That has bugged me. Because that movie 
like definitively killed the Joker yeah, in the yeah. first movie. In every superhero movie after that, murders the 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 villain is murdered in the most yeah. uncomic way ever to virtually ensure he's not coming back. It was a big change in Batman Forever when the Riddler wasn't dead. Yeah, like they didn't kill him at the end of that. Yeah. One funny thing about the movie itself is that I watched it like a decade ago for the first time in maybe twenty it's years. It's crazy. Batman is introduced as a piece of animation number one, and the Joker huh. is killed as a piece of animation. I'm pretty sure. I know Batman is introduced as like a cartoon. Like floating across the sky, yeah. like literally drawn. Mm. So well, it's a very Tim Burton-y kind of thing, like playing with different mediums. When Batman gets media. his ass kicked a lot of times, yeah. like there's you remember the bit where he's like, All I've got to defend Vicky uh in this alley, and then the dudes just like fucking shoot him and he's down and they almost take his mask off. Like he fu- like Batman kind of sucks in and that movie. The finale of the movie is kind of like a video game. He's like going up a clock tower fighting enemies yeah. until yeah. he gets the, to the literal boss at the top. <laughs> I mean it is such like it's a, a video game thing. Game. It's yeah. funny they put all that work into him not explicitly killing the Joker at the end of the movie. Though he just throws that guy over the banister yep, from yep. the same height. Like, he definitely kills that guy. <laughs> that though, murderer. Though in 1989, or before he, uh, the film came out in 89, within Warner, like, it was one they weren't sure. They're like, wait, no, everybody thinks Batman is Adam West. Like, can mm-hmm. we make a dark Batman film? And there's, you can find it on YouTube, the video they made while, they made a film internally while making the movie where Tim Burton was like, Guys, please trust us. The a, ba- a dark Batman can work. We're, we read these comics from the eight, from the last few years. Like Rank people want to see it. It can mm-hmm. it can be serious. We don't have to make a silly Batman film. Yeah, I mean Batman sixty six was is it that the name of this this series? That's what it's referred to. The brand yeah. now that DC owns it like, again. Batman the name is Batman. Batman, uh, the TV show, was basically like what the 90s are for us now Uh, in terms of time span. Like It was only 20 years ago, but still, that was kind of the definitive Batman for an entire generation. I love pointing that out, that that that, that Batman-Adam West show ran for two or three seasons, hundreds of episodes. (laughs) I only watched for the Hogan's Heroes on. It was on multiple times a week and then went on to define Batman for 20 years to almost everybody who wasn't reading comics. Yeah. That's what everybody thought Batman was. When I was a kid, that was the first Batman I saw. Yeah, because I watched it every day. Yeah. I loved it. So yeah, that's why you know, our generation was the one in the early 90s of the toughening up of Batman. Like, beginning with 89... Mm into Batman Returns and then premiering it the same in the same year Batman the animated series mm-hmm. that was from then on he was the dark knight to us though the, then you know Schumacher tried to bring back the camp to Batman mm-hmm. and it Ugh. Yeah, animated series is my definitive Batman. And I do want to do an entire Batman episode because I love that SNES game. Me, I, I just, so we discovered it and just streamed it. Uh, the Sega CD version of Batman and Robin. That's has, astounding. It has the, the best animation. It has new animation. But from in the, the Sega CD codec. Yeah, but, yeah. It's, and it's, but it's more fluid. <laughs> it's, it's better than the show, but it's it has like all anime. the voice actors in it. There's like a lost episode of the show on the Sega CD wrapped in a horrible driving game. You do not yeah, see not Batman in the game. God, it, that driving <laughs> game. Yeah. Uh, and I believe there was, I mean, there was a Genesis Batman based on the movie, but not in America because Nintendo had the exclusive rights yeah. to a Batman game. So like Europe and Japan got that Batman game for the Genesis, but we did so they had their own Batman game. I don't know if it was Wait, made by Sunsoft. The oh, we we eventually got. We eventually Batman. got it. Okay, yeah, we did. There's uh, an interesting thing about that. Ooh, uh, I was wrong. I'm sorry. I uh, yeah, it definitely came out here. It was a little bit later. It might have been '91. Uh, it felt much much later than the movie. Yeah, but I didn't buy it as a kid because I looked on the back. And it had screenshots from the NES game, which Whoa. is totally different. Really? Oh, man. They screwed yes. that up. Oh. Yes. It is a huge screw up. It, it, and you play the Genesis game, 
And it is a very literal adaptation. Of okay, movie. yeah. It is, uh, you know, you go like through the, that museum and you, you know, fight Robert Wool. <laughs> Arliss himself. I was really reaching for the Arliss joke in my head too. We're all we, we podcast. We're all Arliss out. Actually, uh, can, can I go back to the the, the very yes. very 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 loose interpretations please of do. characters? So I talked a little bit about the bosses like Firebug, Killer Moth, mm. uh, Electric Electrocutioner. They they're all very loose interpretations, but in a very like alternate universe kind of way, you could probably get away maybe, mm-hmm. with, <laughs> maybe. with saying that's who they are. But it's very obvious to me that uh, the developers of the game here, or whoever wrote the manual at least, uh, had a copy of the Who's Who in the DC Universe. <laughs> and that's all they and had. And for the actual like regular enemies you fight throughout the game, they named them after actual DC characters. Really? What's that little so, thing that runs back and forth along the ground? Uh, that I don't know. Okay. I know there's a lot of those. About, yeah, yeah right. Spikes it's coming a, out a, of little, it, yeah. a little spiky robot Roomba kind of thing. So a runaway yeah. from Tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, for example, did you know that Deadshot, Will Smith himself, <gasps> was in this game? Every, the, the guy, the just the generic guy who shoots you with a gun is it's, supposedly Deadshot. Sometimes there are multiple ones on screen. Whoa. So <laughs> it was like, it was one of Sunsoft USA's three employees like kind of squinting like, yeah. you could yes. be this guy. The uh, the exact same sprite without the gun runs at you throughout the game and that is Maxi Zeus. Wow. Maxi wow. Zeus, if you're not familiar with this no. character, he's fairly obscure, but he was in the animated series for an episode or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's ba- he basically thinks he's uh, a Greek god. He's a rich guy who goes crazy and then like thinks he's Zeus. There's he's some more kind of... or less a mobster, and he's not gonna go running at you just to hurt you. That <laughs> so there's is. there's some sort of like cloning subplot they never finish because wow. why are there 15 dead shots fighting me? Yeah, like all the all the guys who are squatting and shooting you with uh, uh, the uh, flamethrower. That's Heat Wave from The Flash. <laughs> wow. Uh, there's another character called Enforcer, which I'm not really that familiar with, one, yeah. uh, who's in there. The KG Beast. Whoa. Is, wow. Uh, very clever. Is a uh, character who appears once in the game. It's in the very first level, and you either you either beat him up right away or he's going to take out at least half your health. Oh, really? But he's he's basically a cyber ninja. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, I can show you guys who are no, here. KG oh, Beast KG is great. Beast. He's such a 90s or late 80s type <laughs> No, yes. KG yes. Beast? Exactly. Well, I mean, he's got like the spawn mask. <laughs> he has all the things of an early 90s cliche of like, he has the spawn type mask, tons of red, and then like a thing on his uh, forearm. Like a, he's cybernetically a enhanced. Yeah. The, the KG Beast thing makes him like more cre- related to communism but, yeah. oh boy i mean so this game uh, any more like standout uh oh well uh, there's, there's other characters that that i had never heard of before doing the research of this game like night slayer who apparently is a very agile character Must but in this he's a he's like a 1950s robot with wolverine claws <laughs> wow uh yeah and then shakedown uh yeah i think his whole wow. thing is just being a Bob bad Cat guy Coldplay, who's right? green, and then I, I don't know what he does, but he doesn't look anything like this. <laughs> when you think of those characters, too, like when you think of it, how they make games today, like each of them is a license in some yeah. cases, you know, and so to use them for for nobody characters, like that is making them much more expensive than just having. You know, like a final fight just repeated the same dude, but in a different color. Yeah, it's such a different war- Like, Warner doesn't even like license its Batman out anymore, really. It's like Warner makes Batman games. Yeah. 
they, themselves. Yeah, pretty much since Arkham. And, yeah, I don't know who they, did it before that, but I mean, I assume it was... Uh, uh, well, EA. I mean, Warner wasn't into publishing the first yeah. Arkham. It was Square Enix yeah. who mm-hmm. published it the first oh, time. And right. Then yeah. after it was such a success, then Warner was like, okay, we'll, we'll do this. Now, Warner Interactive is in full swing. Like, yeah. they make the DC games. Right. And they'll... They'll license out stuff to you know uh, for mobile or maybe like a kids game, but and the mobile. It, uh, but I mean, they even have Warner. Warner is DC or Warner is Lego games mm-hmm. too. So yeah. all those DC Lego games, that's also them. It's we, just there's a very strange time for all licensed characters where people are like, well, we we have beach towels and action <laughs> figures. I guess we should have a video game. We'll Why do not? Whatever you, whatever you want. This check Japanese it all. guy can make it for We us. won't cross-check any of this. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Ca- games are for geeks anyway, yeah. so who cares? This will be on sale for a, a, a 10 months, right? Who cares? Yeah. It was probably considered the same as like a board game. Yeah. You know, just well, make the video game too. Yeah. Discovering with that Disney research is like, that's how long the contract had last. Contracts for games tended to last as long as a, an action figure would be on the shelf, which yeah. isn't long. It's like maybe a year, and no you one cared it about it after Christmas, and then it's gone. And they yeah. didn't expect dorks in their thirties would be talking about them <laughs> on a Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? I mean, I think we glossed over it. We're going on a long time about Batman, but it's a very good game. It is. Uh, if the Arkham I, games never existed, this is the best Batman game. Yeah, like it. I mean, okay, the music is great. It's mm-hmm. fantastic music. Some of the best on the NES. The graphics I, look really good. I should say, Laser Time Sister Podcast VG Empire mm-hmm. did. Two episodes about Ooh, great yeah. Batman music. Yep. You should look them up. VG Empire. Like, up, guys. like Ninja Turtles, Batman had a lot of great music. And Konami would take over after Sunsoft mm-hmm. uh, with Batman Returns and stuff like that. But again, really great game. I love those really tight, good, great feeling wall jumps that the, Batman the graph, does. That's so great. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels really good. Chris, is there anything you want to cover uh, in terms of maybe, I mean, we only covered four games, but any other big standouts from your book that maybe are your most interesting or, or strangest, uh, you know, things that you wrote about? Oh, in 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 all or or NES? Uh, like maybe what's well, one or two of your favorites? Let's, we might want to stick to 8-Bit, but if it goes yeah, beyond we'll, that, that's we'll fine. Keep the, there's not that many more actual yeah. NES games. I think an interesting one it's a, a terrible game as well as Swamp Thing. Whoa. Yes. He's amazing. So <laughs> before you start about off on this, I want to say that I believe there is a Bartman game that is using yes. Swamp Thing parts. Is that correct? Oh, oh, oh. There is a character called Swamp Hag in right. the game. Okay. I, wow. We oh, just oh, oh, oh you know, I think, I, I think I've read what you're talking about like since the time. The yeah. third Bartman game is a Swamp Thing game in disguise. I don't know. I, I'm just pulling this out of my ass, but I'm pretty sure it's true. Well, I think the, the third... Bart game is the Bart Man game, which you could call a superhero game. And to me, that one is kind of interesting because there's literally no sense of humor in that game at no. all. <laughs> and it's it's a very bad game made by Australians, I think. I think it's like Imagineer or something. But yeah, it's like no jokes. It's just pure like dire platforming. There, there's certainly room for jokes. You know, he has Radioactive Man. He's like teaming up with Radioactive Man. Uh, but 
every every line is like, "Let's go get that bad guy." It's like <laughs> it's nothing. Classic Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> There's not even a, an attempt at humor. Yeah, there was only one Bartman game. I'm pretty sure yeah. for the NES. Yeah. yeah. Was, so is the Swamp Thing game based on the animated series? Yeah, that's the, the thing. Okay. Oh, I there was Swamp Thing is amazing. A, lo- yes. a lot of song. people. Probably have never heard of the Swamp Thing uh, cartoon, which what? aired all of five episodes yeah. in, I think it was 1990, might have been 91. And they got two toy lines out of it, yeah. And they got this game, which came out like in 1992, well after. I They they probably started development of the game after the show was already off the air. Because, <laughs> you know, the game is just a basic, you know, uh, side-scrolling punch and, you know, kit kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, just the fact that it's based on this cartoon that nobody saw and there's a Game Boy version as well. The Game Boy, I think is pretty funny cause you never are in a swamp the entire game. You're in, it's like the cliche. It's got the, the desert level and the, I think there's an ice level and, and a jungle, wow. maybe a jungle level. I think uh, that's probably the closest thing to a swamp. And it, it, that, uh, all the while it has an inexplicably popular USA show. In two yeah. movies. Oh yeah, the live action show. That's right. I actually yeah. assumed when I played this game the first time that it was based on the USA show. It's Which not. It's based so on boring. the terrible. Everyone should look this up on YouTube. Look up the the cartoons, just theme song. Yep. Yes. yes, that was a very and deliberate reference. I will yes. put it in this episode right now. I, I know this for a fact. It is all on Hulu. <laughs> yes. I, I will <laughs> really? In, I will put the song in here right now. So that was pretty amazing. Just like yeah, Swamp well, Thing. You know what's interesting too though? I think that's only in the first maybe first two episodes where it has that song. <laughs> and then like they probably got a cease and desist. <laughs> you are not Weird Al sirs. Please uh, turn this off. Chris Baker, you're doing the Lord's work yes. by having all this information. <laughs> this is amazing, Chris. Any yeah. any other highlights before we go? I mean, this um, been, I, I thought this was going to be a micro, but I think it's going to be a full episode. We've been talking yeah. for an hour about these games and I have so much music to put in here because all of the, like, well, not Superman, this is, of course. This is all but, the stuff that Chris will tell you on air. Like, you are a treasure trove of anecdotes regarding these games. I, yes. I just, I it's a very, a peculiar part inside me but you know really I came to appreciate comic book heroes largely because of video games and TV shows and comic books were eventually there for me you know it Mm -hmm. was like I I got an idea of who the characters and their enemies were by playing through not the greatest video games but at the (laughs) time at the time a, a video game was was good no matter what it was unless yeah. it was uncanny x-men <laughs> that's the one exception yes <laughs> yeah um, no the thing uh, my love of comic books came at just the same time yeah. as video games were doing great and like for especially for spider-man i got into spider-man on his 30th anniversary in 1992 and that's when he was having all these great comics and i could go back to read his just recent Todd McFarlane and, and Eric Larson run, but at the exact same time, 
Spider-Man was in a video game renaissance because Sega had signed a deal with Marvel to make a bunch of Spider-Man true, games. Yeah. The amazing arcade game and the OK Genesis game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it was that that's that's how comic books and video games are were always hand in hand. Yeah, you I I I got into comics through alternate mediums. That is mm-hmm. how it happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know why because I was reading like Archie and stuff but not super stuff until the cartoons. Marvel cards were a huge deal. Yeah, that's we did a whole it. video series on the Laser Time YouTube channel about that. I started um, with Image Comics before I graduated in scare quotes to, from to manga. <laughs> but, so I guess the only classic uh, comic book game I really played was uh, that I was into was the SNES Spawn, which I guess was okay. Wow. Uh, it existed. I can't That's it. the best I can say about it. <laughs> and I played all these games too, but again, I, I with America Comics, I started with Image and then I just kind of stopped and read manga <laughs> much later in life. But yeah, I mean, uh, this is a great conversation. Uh, all these games are at least worth experiencing. Maybe not the Uncanny X-Men. Uh, Superman should be experienced just for the pure, just like W2F factor, I think we should call it, in, in terms of just uh, pure, like, what is even happening in this game? This is not Superman. But, Check out um, the, the Laser Time guys playing it. Yes. Yeah. And speaking of Laser Time, your theme, I'm not sure how many people actually know this. <laughs> that's right. That's the right. theme no, don't say comes it. from... <laughs> yeah, no, God. And somebody made a cool comic about it. And yeah, it's, exactly. it's from the Silver Surfer yes, game. Yes, the, their theme comes from the Silver Surfer game. Uh, One of the hardest games. Yes. That's a really hard if game. If it weren't so more. hard, it might actually be good. Yeah, everything else about it is appealing. It just yeah. smashes your fingers with a hammer from yeah. second one. But again, great. Is it Tim Fallen? Yeah, the great Tim Fallen. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what that guy does, he's mm-hmm. giving it his all. Mm-hmm. And inc- same same yeah. with Rare as well. Like, and it's so weird to me. Like Silver Surfer is a striking character, but every other character they got to pull from in that is like nobody's heard of them. Yeah, like, no, he, they're not mainstream even slightly. And I'm sure there was a Silver Surfer cartoon. There had to be like on for Fox. a second. For yeah. one season. It didn't have anything to do with this game though. Yeah. Now the, the cartoon was like ninety six. Yeah, that was the first years episode's later. awesome. Mm-hmm. It's, it's and uh, but kids hated it because it was as as philosophical yeah. and introspective as a Silver Surfer it's comic. It's a 70s movie. Is, is he yeah. like pose like the thinker in space thinking about existential dilemmas? It, they're and, weird uh, aliens and eventually his entire planet dies and he becomes the Silver Surfer. Yeah, but he it, took up surfing at least, so he's uh, doing okay. Classic Surfer books are basically like Star Trek meets Jesus. Like <laughs> because Silver Surfer was made to be a messianic figure yeah. and he is the most powerful Who can also thing. hang tan, bro? <laughs> he's, he's Catch bar- some gnarly waves. <laughs> he's barely ever challenged by on power level so it's just all these like moral conundrums or or him and then like pages of him just philosophizing like is this what life is about or could it be another thing i do not know (laughs) so really quick i wanted to go over uh each of us to choose what our favorite classic superhero game is i already said mine was the adventures of batman and robin for the snes Mm. every level is like a different episode with its own theme its own villain its own sort of like weird mechanics i i've gone back to it i love it it looks great it's by konami great great music too um you can't buy it anywhere. You can't play it anywhere. So you kind of have to steal it. But it's such a great SNES game. Uh, Chris, uh, how about you? What is your favorite classic game? It could be one that we've been talked about. Yeah, well. We can it, go like sub PS1 maybe. Maybe it's yeah, PS1 and lower. I, I think the the comic book game that had the biggest influence on me liking things in comic books was X-Men by Konami, the arcade game. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great choice. Which, you know. 
also represents its uh, characters very terribly. Welcome to die. Welcome to die. die. (laughs) Nothing stops the blob. There's just like Colossus going. (laughs) (laughs) There's a a six hour YouTube video of just that. I love it. I don't doubt it. (laughs) Yeah, in the comics, Colossus changing into metal form is not an AOE attack. (laughs) Because what that did, actually, you know, I mentioned earlier that I got really into X-Men through the cartoon, but this game came out the summer before that cartoon started. And I played through it one day at the mall, and that like got me in that mode. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. like I'd heard of X Men, I heard they sold a lot of comics, and that they were cool. But I, that was my first real experience with the them. double well, cabinet. Even today, that mm-hmm. cabinet is a sight yes. to behold. Yeah. Like, wow, I can actually play with this thing. It's yeah. a, it's a beast, like mega widescreen, double two televisions and yeah. six controllers and a mirror thrown in there because two TVs can't sit next to each other. Yeah, and when <laughs> I remember playing it on machines where one TV was worse than the other one. Oh so yeah, that like, always happens. Yeah. Um, but well, Mr. Baker stole mine. But yeah. uh, I think also the arcade Spider-Man game. I really I never played it. I loved when Ooh, they who liked, made that one. Henry? Uh, it was Sega. Sega. Oh, okay. Sega, yeah. and it was just called Spider-Man. And it has very random, like licensing-wise, they they got all the <laughs> Spider-Man villains, but it has to be a four-player co-op because it's an arcade game. Mm-hmm. And so their the co-op is Black Cat, who is a Spider-Man character, Namor. And Hawkeye are the other three. And when when neither Namor nor Hawkeye were cool at all. <laughs> and But the coolest thing about it, well, as a kid, my favorite thing was the sprites were huge. Like, they were super tall and colorful, and it looked like a comic come to life. And there was spoken dialogue. With, and when they, would say the, when they would say lines, there would be word balloons on the screen. Mm-hmm. But also, it had a neat mix that... Occasionally, you would get to a stage where the camera would just zoom out, and it would become more of like a regular platformer. And you'd explain like Spider-Man could walk on walls, and and that's how you fought like Doc Ock in that stage would be in the the zoomed out stage. And then when you'd finish that portion, zoom back in. I've never played this game. It sounds great. It's it's it is pretty good. Yeah, I've always I, wanted to. I got to emulate this. I mean, this. it is an arcade. It is an arcade game. So when you don't have quarters in the way, you will be done with in forty minutes. minutes. Yeah, that sounds fun. I like yeah, that. That is good. Yeah, Chris, um, how about you? Favorite uh, classic superhero game? Ta- on the sub, I mean NES stuff. Definitely Batman Sunsoft. Mm. I, for some reason, have fond memories of playing that at my grandparents' house because I brought it with. Uh, and uh, the TMNT two. It's the first and only thing I've ever put on layaway at Walmart in my life because <laughs> oh, my parents wow. wouldn't buy it for me. Uh, you but, mean the arcade game for NES? No, well, the, yeah, the arcade okay. game. Did you use your uh, Pizza Hut cut? Uh, totally. Keep on. Totally, man. So you redeemed <laughs> it before the yeah. December 31st, 1991. Okay, thank God. So I d- nothing was better as a kid than getting your own personal pan Pizza Hut pizza. That like Pizza it. Hut, the kids' night where you ate free, my yeah. parents were cheap bastards, <laughs> and I went to that every Tuesday. The only time we went out to eat. But it's where you took your book it, too. I, I, I want to believe Pizza Pizza was better. It's not just my taste buds maturing. I want to believe it was a good pizza at some point. I have. <laughs> I ordered it once a few years ago. They send me a coupon now constantly, so I continue to order it like once a, <laughs> once or twice a year. It is gre- the greasiest thing you'll ever eat, Man. and it is nostalgic. Right. I you you have to get your to get own pizza. pitcher of Coke. Yeah. That's, that you have to bring that yourself when you get it delivered. But my the game, uh, Captain America and the Avengers by Data East is, I don't know, I fell in love with that game. It introduced me to Iron Man. And made like I'm gonna. He's my guy. I'm gonna like Iron Man from now on. I'm gonna go and read all these Iron Man comics. And it is weird now that he, due to whatever happened with the MCU, he is Marvel's guy. He is Marvel's Mickey Mouse in terms of the cinematic universe. 
it's all based around Iron Man. They pay his strange. actor the most. I know that they, much. They, they do, but yeah. it, it started with him. He, he's the central figure, uh, but lacking a Spider-Man and Wolverine. Prior to 2008, I never thought Iron yeah. Man would be more than it seemed a impossible hero. Like yeah. I and I, I always enjoyed Iron Man comics, mm-hmm. but I was like. He's not that popular. He's not yeah. like Spider-Man. No way. I remember selling a figure of him at GameStop when I worked there. And it's like, who is this dork with this stupid mustache? Like, why would you buy this character? <laughs> Little did I know in 10 years, he would be the most popular movie figure yeah, ever. Yeah, he's a hammered slut with proton powers. <laughs> it's beautiful. Like, And, and he's like... He's that, a himbo. Anything you can like project on Batman uh, of yourself is like it's embodied in Tony Stark. He's just a dude. He's, he's Batman without the tortured past, yeah. correct? He just he it's likes to have fun with has, his money. He has some tortured okay. past, but he drinks away those. Yeah. Pain. So yes, that was our 8-bit uh, superhero sampler is what I'm calling it. And you can find us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and all kinds of stuff, including YouTube as Retronauts. And we are funded by Patreon completely. Everything we do is brought to you by you generous Patreon donors. So thank you so much. We could not make the show without you. Every penny that you give us goes into the show. We take nothing except to make the show, buy equipment to make the show, and sometimes feed our guests. Not all the time. But this time, I'm in the bedroom studio at Laser Time. So thanks so much to Chris for letting <laughs> me take over briefly after talking. Talking Simpsons to uh, you know just do this and thanks so much for Chris for coming in because uh, your knowledge is invaluable and your book is great yeah. and uh, yeah wrong. so just called wrong has a wrong classic wrong. Uh, NES box art style cover yes. wrong retro games you messed up our comic book heroes what is yeah. that uh, that um, is that McNeil Lehrer with, with the uh, yes, SNL sketch kind of wrong the, uh, <laughs> <Morton Condrake laughs> that definitely actually the Dana Carvey version of that <laughs> exactly. I would say uh, inspired uh, egg and more. banana yeah. <laughs> whenever <laughs> I, whenever I open that in my Kindle, I think of that sketch. So you yes. succeeded. So yes, 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 you can find me, contact info-wise, you can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. <laughs> and you can find my writing on somethingawful.com and usgamer.net. And I, should, I should say that every Monday, a post goes up on usgamer.net that goes over all we talk about in the episode. We often list what music we use and links to things we talk about. I'll have a link to Chris's book so you can buy it. So please go to usgamer.net if only to support me and Jeremy and everything that we do. Uh, I'll let Chris go first. Chris, where can we find you and what uh, what do you do? And like, let, let's know all about you. Oh, uh, well, you can know all about me uh, probably <laughs> easiest by going to my personal website, which uh, is easy, most easily uh, accessed through uh, cbake.com, c-bake.com. Mm. Uh, or you can follow me on Twitter at cbake76. And if you just go to that uh, Twitter page, it has all the necessary links to find out more about me. Cool, yes, and we will have a link. If you're really that interested in me. We will have a link to your book on the Retronauts blog and usgamer.net. Henry, how about you? Where can we find you? (laughs) H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. You can keep up with all my wonderful political retweets and (laughs) sometimes I talk about games too. Uh, And I'm also senior games editor at fandom.wikia.com, the editorial arm of the Wikia empire. Uh, But also I work at uh, the Laser Time family Uh. of podcasts. Uh, most often on the Talking Simpsons podcast with Bob and Chris. Oh, thank you. Though also, if you like comic books, I don't do it regularly anymore, but uh, there are about 200 episodes of Cape Crisis, my comic book podcast, you can rediscover now and re-download we, and listen to. We did bring up on a show, what was it about? It was about Development Hell, and we talked about Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, which I am so, <laughs> oh. I feel so fortunate that I paid to see that. I want to say, speaking of Batman, the Batman musical episode, yeah, Henry, is definitely a must-listen. They're all, all meatloaf songs. <laughs> yeah. They're all meatloaf songs. It's great. In the land of the pig, the butcher is king. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know. Um, it echoes throughout my head every day now. There, and if I could 
could plug obviously Laser Time, Laser Time Podcast. 302010 is also lovely, Talking Simpsons, but uh, we've streamed a ton of this on our YouTube channel. I know it, a lot of people like it when we go through these old Marvel uh, and DC arcade games, but I am very proud of the video uh, worked on with our buddy Josh, our designer on the site. Uh, Stupid Things Superman Does in Games. Like, nobody's watched it. But I love it. I, it's, Everyone should watch it. I love it's it. Very good. Your book helped out tremendously. There has with that. never been a good Superman game Th- that, ever. I call like Superman's biggest arch villain is just video games. <laughs> it's they have done the worst things. I to thought him it was ever. floating rings. <laughs> well, also video yeah. games, <laughs> and that's not even the worst. It's just it gets yeah. so much worse than that. Uh, but yeah, that's on our YouTube channel. And I should have something talking about those Disney ports with as much knowledge as I can provide to you if you really care about old games. Cool. Well, thanks so much for joining us for what turned out to be a full length episode, which is great. And we'll be back next week with a mini episodes to see you then bye